opportunity to come to you once again by way of radio with the God of Wonders radio program from El Bethel International Ministries. Tonight, I will bless the Lord at all times. From Psalm 34 verse 1, King David exemplifies a lifestyle of worshiping the Lord, regardless of circumstances. Another Old Testament character named Job will also be seen to worship God in the most severe trials of life. You and I can bless the Lord and gain the benefit of knowing one who is faithful in all of our situations, and we will receive strength for our souls as we listen to the Word of God. At the end of the broadcast, we will give you contact information so that we can be of further assistance to you. For now, Kirba Stephen with part one of I Will Bless the Lord at All Times. Psalm 34, verse 1, we'll read it. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And the verse that the Lord was speaking was the first part, which says, I will bless the Lord at all times. The word all is the word that we're going to really look at tonight. The emphasis is going to be on the word all. A lot of times people bless the Lord sometimes when they're happy. They bless the Lord um, sometimes when they get a reward. A lot of people, they don't bless the Lord when they get a reward. So we're going to see what this all means. What are the times that God wants us to bless Him? What are the times we're supposed to bless the Lord and why? You know, who is the Lord? You know, why do we have to bless Him? And first of all, the Lord God is Almighty and He has everything in His power. He's worthy. You know, whether He does anything for us or not, we have to still bless Him. The next thing that we're going to see is what are the times that we have to bless Him? Good times and bad times. Like when we look at all times, we have like two different times. One is good times and the other one is bad times. So we're going to ask ourselves a question, do I bless the Lord at all times? When I go through trouble, do I bless Him? When I'm happy, do I bless Him? We're going to look at that. And then, when do I bless the Lord? Is it going to be during good times or bad times? Like, we have to like, uh, evaluate ourselves. Like, we have to just look back and see, okay, what are the times I really bless Him? Do I bless Him during happy times or do I forget Him when I'm happy? Or do I bless Him during, you know, sad times too? What am I doing, you know? And we have to, we're going to ask ourselves the question. And then the third question is, is it possible to bless the Lord at all times? That is a hard question for most of us. Is it possible to bless the Lord at all times? So the word that we need to really underline is the word all. And then uh, why should we bless the Lord at all times? So now we're going to see a few people from the Bible who bless the Lord at all times. You know, there are people, you know, who bless the Lord at all times, God people. Few others who did not bless the Lord during certain times, but we're going to focus on just two characters which the Lord gave me yesterday. One is King David. And David is the one who is actually writing this song, Psalm 34. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Did David really follow that, or was he just saying it? Was just David saying just to say it? I will bless the Lord at all times? Or was he really meaning what he was saying? Did he show it with his experience that he was following what he said? We're going to look at it. During what circumstance he actually blessed the Lord? When he wrote this psalm, we see that in my Bible actually it says that David 
when he went before Abimelech, you know, when he changed his appearance, around that time he wrote the psalm. So we can clearly see that he didn't write the psalm when he was a king. He wrote this psalm when he was really wandering, when he was being hunted down for his life. He was wandering from place to place. For David, he was going through bad times. He is blessing the Lord during bad times and he's saying, I will bless the Lord at all times, which means bad times. And then we see that David, you know, he was a true worshiper of God. He was worshiping God during bad times. And we're going to read about that from 1 Samuel chapter 21, verses 10 to 15. And David arose and fled that day for fear of Saul, and went to Achish the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said unto him, Is not this David the king of the land? Did they not sing one to another of him in dances, saying, Saul hath slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands? And David laid up these words in his heart, and was sore afraid of Achish the king of Gath. And he changed his behavior before them, and feigned himself mad in their hands, and scrabbled on the doors of the gate, and let his fiddle fall down upon his beard. Then said Achish unto his servants, Lo, ye see, the man is mad. Wherefore then have ye brought him to me? Have I need of madmen, that ye have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? When we see this, we can just imagine what David really went through. Like to what extent he actually went through, because he was being so hunted for his life. He went through uh, a period of wandering and running and hiding. And he went before this king, and it also says that, you know, this king, you know, is Abimelech. This is not like a ordinary, like a small king. This, this was a big enemy to the children of Israel. He couldn't be in his own land. He is over there, you know, in the hands of the enemy. He's writing this psalm. I will bless the Lord at all times. When he is being hunted down, he's like a madman, you know, going. But he knew, even though he was afraid, he trusted in the Lord. Like we saw, you know, the previous time, what time I'm afraid, I will trust in the Lord. That's why if you read the psalm further down, he will say, you know, how he trusted in the Lord, how he called on the Lord, and how the Lord delivered and all those things. This is David's circumstance. So he is going through a wandering life when his brothers, his family members, they have their own family, they are with their wives and with their children. He's just, he's the only one who was anointed. The moment he got anointed, he had to run, keep running and running and running. He didn't have a peaceful, ordinary life, normal life. But during this time, look at his heart. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Even during this time, I will bless the Lord at all times. The next thing we will see about David is, when David became the king, what did he do? This was like his bad times, you know, he blessed the Lord. But what happened when he had good times? Did he change? Because a lot of people, when they get promoted, when their social status changes, they don't want to be thankful to the Lord in front of people. They are ashamed of the Lord, the very Lord who took them up, and they do not bless the Lord. So we're going to see what David did. If we see Second Samuel chapter 6, verses 12 to 22. And it was told King David, saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom, and all that pertaineth unto him, because of the ark of God. So David went up and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. And it was so that when they that bare the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in his place 
in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And as soon as David had made an end of offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. And he dealt among all the people, even among the whole multitude of Israel, as well to the women as men, to everyone a cake of bread, and a good piece of flesh, and a flagon of wine. So all the people departed, everyone to his house. Then David returned to bless his household. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servants, as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovereth himself. And David said unto Michael, It was before the Lord which chose me before thy father and before all his house, to appoint me ruler of the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore will I play before the Lord, and I will yet be more vile than thus, and will be based in mine own sight. And of the maid servants which thou hast spoken of, of them shall I be had in honor. We see King David over here now, his wandering days are over. He's in the palace. And when he's in the palace, what he's doing is, he's doing the same thing that he was doing before. Like there was no change, you know, in his relationship because that's what he practiced every day. When he became the king, it didn't change. His wife was telling, look, you're the king. Is this how you behave? You know? But he's saying, I'm behaving this before the Lord. So he had, um, his, he had the Lord who was always in front of him. So when he worshipped, his heart and his soul, his body, everything was like geared toward the Lord. And he never withheld anything from the Lord. You know, his emotions, you know, his, his voice, you know, his music, you know, it was like completely, you know, for the Lord. So David, you know, was a worshipper in good times and in bad times. Like this, this was his good time. Where he's bringing the ark, you know, he could have like had people dance, you know, and, and uh, sing praises and he could have like majestically came on a horse or, you know, he could have just, you know, been like, uh, acted like very dignified, you know. But he said, this is the Lord who brought me up. So we have to like ask ourselves a question. Do we feel embarrassed to worship the Lord in front of so-called people in the palace? Do we feel embarrassed to worship the Lord in front of so-called honorable people? If the Lord is going to put us in the palace, will we still worship the Lord the same way? Will a heart be like a child? Heart, you know? Will we still worship the Lord? Will our relationship with the Lord change? So here is a man that we see when he was running for his life, he was a worshiper of God. Now he's in the palace. It never changed. He was still a worshiper of God. So the third thing we're going to see is blessing the Lord during bad time. Now he's having good times, bad times, you know, good times, you know. In every believer's life, that's how it's going to be. To make us more dependent on the Lord. To go from strength to strength. So that's why, you know, it says uh, when uh, Jesus said a parable, he says, um, about the sower and the seed, he says, some seeds, what happens is they fall in the land where the cares of the world and the riches they choke. So for one person, it could be cares of the world that can take away the love of the Lord. For somebody else, it could be riches. So we have to like know ourselves really well. How am I during my good times and how am I during my bad times? Being a worshiper of the Lord, am I the same way throughout? Is my heart set on the Lord, you know, my affections, do they change? When I'm like very happy, am I forgetting the Lord? So we're going to see the third thing that we see in David's life is blessing the Lord during his bad time, that is when his child died. We're going to read that from Second Samuel chapter 12, verses 19 and 20. 
But when David saw that his servants whispered, David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore David said unto his servants, Is the child dead? And they said, He is dead. Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel and came into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he came to his own house and when he required, they set bread before him and he did eat. But when David saw that his servants whispered, David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore David said unto his servants, Is the child dead? And they said, He is dead. Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his clothing and came into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he came to his own house and when he desired it, they set bread before him and he ate. Praise the Lord. Now David is actually going through a period of where everybody will be mourning, going through a period of mourning where you actually see the baby, you have the child, and then the child gets sick and the child dies. Even though it was because it was a result of a sin, he went through that. But he repented. And you see that the heart that worshipped the Lord never stopped even here. Even at this time, what he does is, he gets up, he, he doesn't like, you know, say, okay, you know, God did what he said, you know, I, I sinned, you know, this is my punishment. And he just didn't go back and eat his food, you know, or just mourn. Or, or he could have just gone back, you know, to comfort his wife. He didn't do that. The first thing he did was, he got up, changed his clothes and went to the house of the Lord. Because his heart was to worship the Lord. He was a worshiper. He, I will bless the Lord at all times. So he blessed the Lord during his wandering period. He blessed the Lord when he became the king. He blessed the Lord when his child died. And we see that during all circumstances, he blessed the Lord. So his statement, you know, in Psalm 34.1 is very consistent with his life. Like he was a worshiper of the Lord at all times. And the second character that the Lord spoke to me was is a very interesting um, character, you know, that I really love, um, you know, is Job. In the book of Job, we're going to see... And that's what we're going to spend like a little more time on. And uh, we're going to look at the life of Job. Who is Job? And what did Job do? And uh, what does worship has to do with Job? Did Job worship the Lord at all times? And we're going to see that in the book of Job, chapter 1. And we're going to read um, the whole chapter, actually, chapter 1. And then we're going to pick a few verses and you know meditate on that. There was a man in the land of Uz, whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was seven thousand sheep, and three thousand camels, and five hundred yoke of oxen, and five hundred she-asses, and a very great household. So that this man was the greatest of all the men of the East. So we'll just pause here for a second. In verse 1, we can see the integrity of Job, how God's word says he was perfect, he was upright, and one that feared the Lord, and he did not go near evil. And it is an example for us who are living you know, in these last days that it is possible for us even more because of the blood of Jesus and because of the Holy Spirit to live an upright life, perfect life, a life that fears God, where heaven will say, this is written by the Holy Spirit over here, that he was an upright man. God has to certify about our life, that this is my daughter, 
God should be able to look at Satan and say, this is my son, this is my daughter, who is upright, who fears me, who closes his eyes to evil, and who is perfect before me. God can say that. So this goes completely against what we hear, you know, now, that we all sin daily, we all fall. So, if God can say about an Old Testament person, a man, how much more for us, we have more grace. So, and the second and the third verse that we see is, now we see the period where Job was living. Job had everything. He had all the riches. He had camels, sheep, donkeys, and he had a lot of money. He had lots of servants, and he had everything. So, Job was very rich. So, now now Job is having a good time. So, we're going to see, did Job really worship the Lord during his good time? So, we're going to look at that, and uh, we're going to continue reading. Um, from verse 4. And his sons went and feasted in their houses, every every one his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so, when the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them, and rose up early in the morning, and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned, and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. Now we see in verse 5, how did Job worship the Lord? How his priority was that he rose up early. He was a rich man. He didn't have to do that. He had everything. He didn't have to rise up early and sacrifice to the Lord and worship the Lord. But he did it because of his relationship with the Lord. And so in his good times, he didn't say, okay, I have everything. I don't need God, you know, and I don't have to get up early. You know, I want to sleep, you know, late. I have servants, you know, I want to eat a lot, you know. Live very, um, what do you say, um, like how the worldly, you know, rich people live. And and um, even the parable Jesus said about the rich man, you know, and Lazarus. How did that rich man live? You know, it's a contrast between that rich man and Job. Job was a very wealthy man, but how did Job live? In spite of all his, so here you can see you can still have everything and still be a worshiper of the Lord. Where your heart cannot be on that. Your heart will be on the Lord. And so he had everything, but he was still rising up, rising up early and worshiping God. And then we see, we keep reading. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them, verse 6, verse 7. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth the Lord and escheweth evil? Now when we see this, this is God who made heaven and earth. He is, he is like certifying, you know, he's like saying, this is God of heaven and earth, you know, and his signature is that he is saying that this man is upright before the Lord. And he's actually boasting about Job to Satan. That's what he's doing. Did you see? So now we have to like think like, Lord, I want to be like that. We want to be like Job. Hear heaven say. Hear the Lord say. The whole heaven here and the whole hell here. Have you seen my child? Who always hears me. Who always loves me. You know, who's always a worshiper of me. And then now Satan, Satan is saying, Then Satan answered the Lord and said, that Job fear God for naught? Has not thou made a hedge about him, and about his house, and about all that he hath on every side? 
thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. He's just saying like you're protecting him, like he's so rich. But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath and he will curse thee to thy face. Now this is what Satan is telling. But you know what? The Lord knows. Just like he says um, in Romans, before Esau and Jacob were born. It's not that God was partial. God foreknew who was going to follow and who was not. Who is going to be a squanderer and who is actually going to be the father of you know, many nations. The father of Israel. You know? And um, so the same way, when the Lord put a challenge out to Satan, and Satan challenged him back, the Lord knew Job very well. So at this point, we have to ask ourselves the question, does the Lord know me? How much does he know me? And can he trust me? Can he trust me like he trusted Job? So we have to ask, we have to ask ourselves the question and say, Lord, I want to be known by you. I want to know you and I want to be known by you. That will only happen with that constant relationship with the Lord, like how Job was, like every day, you know. And I'm sure it was not just morning, it was throughout the day. He had that in him throughout the day. He was the worshiper, just like David. It was constant. It was a life. It was a, um, it was a lifestyle. It was a, a practiced, learned, practiced um, relationship with the Lord. Like anything comes by practice, whether it's a good habit or a bad habit. They come by practice. Without practicing, you know, you cannot have anything. So um, that's why it says also um, in the New Testament, it says that just as you have yielded your members to uncleanness, yield your members of your bodies to righteousness, to holiness. So to whom we serve, that's going to become our master. So he has been practicing worshiping the Lord, worshiping the true God at all times. So when Satan came and told the Lord, God knew that Job would not deny him. Just like how Jesus knew Peter would deny him, the Lord knew Job will not deny him. So the Lord knew about Job. So we have to say, Lord, I want to become like that. That's our whole point of tonight's uh, meeting is not to look at Job and say, Lord, I cannot be like Job. I'm feeling depressed. You know, not, that's not the point of the message. The message is to drive us toward the Lord. Look at Job. If he can be like that, we can be like that. So it's for us to push upward more, you know, toward the Lord. And and uh, if we continue um, the reading, uh, we're going to see like what happened. Verse 12. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them, and the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, the fire of God has fallen from heaven and hath burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away. Yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, 
thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in the eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. So we see what happened to Job was, he lost his ox, he lost his donkeys, he lost his sheep, he lost his camels, he lost his servants, and he lost his children. He basically he lost everything. It's like you know in this day, like we can say, he lost his car, he lost his house, you know, he lost all his uh, income. His bank account was zero, and then he lost his children too, you know. Now like he has lost everything. Just one thing that can happen to us can just make us like sit down. But in spite of that, what he does is his routine thing. His heart was after the Lord. He got up, and it says that he says, "Blessed be the name of the Lord." He's worshipping the Lord. He's blessing the Lord during his most difficult time. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my love. And here we see Job, how he's blessing. And it's an example of a human being going through such extreme circumstance. He was not um, he was not like a superhuman, you know, he he didn't have like the gift of this or gift of that, you know, to say like, Oh, he had the gift to praise God. No. He was an ordinary person just like us. But he made a choice. He made a choice, very clear choice, to praise the Lord. That was his lifestyle. You know, he it will not come without practicing. You know, and practicing is not like a uh, like a like a mantra or something like that. It comes from our heart because of our love for the Lord. So he said it out of his love for the Lord from his heart. He was trusting the Lord. Lord, I will bless you, Lord, at all times, even during this time. I will bless you, and he blessed the Lord from his heart. So we see that it wasn't just from his lips. He went and he just fell before the Lord and he worshipped the Lord. We can choose to honor his name, knowing that he inhabits the praises of his people. When we praise God, we retain that divine peace. We retain divine comfort and assurance that God is with us. God will never leave us nor forsake us. So promised the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know that he cannot lie, for he is the way, the truth, and the life. Let's pray. Most gracious Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for the souls that are listening to this broadcast as we share your wonderful word of life. Father, it is our high privilege to glorify you, to bless your name, and have your praise in our mouths at all times. Day and night, O Lord, worship is due to your holy name. We thank you, Lord, for the reason we have to bless you, the greatest reason for giving your Son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins on the cross of Calvary, so that no matter what we have done in our lives, no matter how much of a failure we have become, no matter how much we have offended your God, we can come to you at the foot of the cross and ask your forgiveness knowing that you are faithful to forgive. You are faithful to cleanse us from all sin and unrighteousness when we come truly repentant before you. Lord, we thank you that with King David and Job, 
we can bless you at all times. We can gain the assurance, the comfort, the peace, knowing that our God is on our side and that all shall be well. Father in heaven, I pray that the souls that are bound by all sorts of addictions this evening would be set free in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. May the blood of the Son of God wash their hearts anew and transform them and give them the power to overcome sin. We thank you, Lord, for your blessing us this night. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Dear friends, if you would like to contact us, please write El Bethel International Ministries, Post Office Box 966, Goshen, New York, 10924, USA. By phone, you may dial area code 845-360-0534 or area code 866-271-8167. Email us at contact at elbethelinternationalministries.org. Finally, you may visit us on the web at elbethelinternationalministries.org. May God richly bless you this night. And please join us next week for part two of the message, I will bless the Lord at all times.